Hi there. This week, I'm sitting down with Yusuf to talk about how to get lean for your summer holiday. So as almost everybody will do, you've left it too late until you're going to go away on holiday to some hot summer destination. You've realized you're going to be in swimwear around a pool or on a beach and you're not quite as lean as you want it to be. Now, all of us who've been training for a little while have made the same mistakes over and over and over again. You look okay for one day when you're out there and then you turn into Mr. Blobby as soon as you touch a carb. What we wanted to try and do today is give you a protocol that you can follow over a short-ish period of time to get you in good condition so that you look good in your swimwear around the pool and try and mitigate the effects of a corona on all of your hard-won gains. So here we go, me and Yusuf on how to get lean for your summer holiday. Remember, we were doing one once and it came in and went, and you were like, no, <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, no, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> so, hi, hi, everybody. Hello. Um, you may notice that there is about 105 kilos of missing Aryan perfection of the far side just there. And if you're just listening, you will notice that there is not the sound of a massive ass just moving around. squeaking all over the leather yeah. sofa. That is because Johnny is away on holiday, so it's just me and Yusuf today, and we are going to be talking about how to get lean for your summer holidays. This is actually take two. This is technically take two. We had a technical problem, but this Ten time... Ten minutes in, be... of pure gold, pure yeah. how to get shredded for summer gold. So if this, is, if this is not as good, then it's not our fault. We already gave up our best. So, right. how to get lean for your summer holidays. I did a little Instagram post about this yesterday and had an awful lot of messages coming back, not least of all because it's June and a lot of people will have realised, shit, I'm going away on holiday within the next eight weeks and I'm maybe not as lean or as muscular as I want to be and I'm going to have to take my top off on the beach or I'm going to wear a bikini or whatever it might be. The point that I think struck a chord with a lot of people was what I said about the typical approach for getting lean for holidays. And if you have a look online... A lot of the resources that you will find about how to get lean will focus on potentially fitness competitions or long-term, slow deficit fat loss approaches. The crucial difference between stepping on stage and going on holiday to Ibiza or Marbella is that when you step on stage, all that you're going to do is flex and tense. When you go out to Marbella or Ibiza, you're going to be drinking Corona and having baguette all day, every day. Baguette. Baguette. Just in- one baguette. <laughs> one huge fuck-off baguette. Yeah, you take a baguette out. You know, taking a baguette out with you on holiday. Just a long baguette. I think you- this is where the, the alcohol reference goes. Is, is there some kind of drink called... Baguette, no. No, you, no. you do mean baguette. Baguette, yeah. Just la baguette. La baguette, yeah. So is it le baguette? Don't know. I'm not sure. It's <laughs> it's something. You're going to have a lot of carbs, and what happens is people will drill their diet into the ground, reduce, drop carbs out completely. Everyone's got that ex bodybuilder, current bodybuilder friend in the gym. Yeah, mate. Well, what you need to do, yeah, yeah. 
is two scoops strawberry yeah so morning and um and then fish and a rice cake at midday and it's just like all that you're doing is creating an environment in which your body will absorb corona like a fucking sponge and so many times I went away on a holiday, I drilled, my, drilled myself into the ground on like a 1500 calorie per day uh, allowance, got out on holiday, looked peeled to bits for one day. The next morning looked even better because I was dehydrated to hell. And then as soon as I had that first breakfast in the hotel, I just balloon out. There's no shape left. And any size that I did have eight weeks ago has been lost due to this catastrophic deficit that I'm in. So... Mm-hmm. What I wanted to do was try and put together a little bit of a structure and some principles that you can take away if you've got between four and ten weeks, something like that, until your holiday. So are we right in saying that if you've got less than four weeks until you go on holiday, it's going to be very difficult to make a a, a profound change? Honestly, if you've got less than four weeks, don't bother. Just (laughs) carry on. As normal, because so you're just going to be making all. yourself suffer needlessly. Like you're not going to elicit any change in your body visibly in four weeks' time. And I think what you said is is interesting because it right now it's the second of June. It's a common question that that we get in terms of inquiries. I'm sure you've got some messages about this stuff as well. And it's endemic of the the, the mindset that we have towards fitness, which is. Shit, I've got 28 days. I've got to drastically undo the last 35 years of my bad sedentary habits and Mm. make a change in my body from now. And it's like, what's the rush? Like people often, um, you know, there's no, there's no thought given to it until suddenly, oh, I've booked my flight. Shit, I need to make a change. Yeah. And, you know, 2nd of June, it's cutting it fine, to be honest. I'm (laughs) not, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. As you said, four to ten weeks. So if you have, say, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you're going away on a holiday after sort of the start of July, start to mid-July, up until the end of the summer, you're sweet. Well, yeah, you're not sweet, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're salvageable. You're definitely sal- salvageable by that point. And I think there's a lot of key principles here, but the first thing is that muscle gain is a very slow process. And so all we can expect at this point is to lose fat. Okay. And... We were saying this on the first take that uh, mm. my favourite thing when you're looking at a Facebook photo of someone's like summer holiday and it's like six lads, all 18, five of them 18% body fat, one of them is like 6% body fat and huge and just shredded. <laughs> it's like odd one out there. Yeah, that's the guy who has it as part of his lifestyle <laughs> as opposed to a crash diet. Exactly, like that, that is the result of the 10 years of the previous training. So there's no point that if you're worried about how you're going to look relative to your swole mate that you're going to be comparable. Mm -hmm. So don't set that as your reference point. Like realize that if you are, and so the the numbers wise, eight weeks away, 80 kilo man, 18% body fat, you diet. Just to to interject there, am I right in saying that the principles are the same for men and women that we're going to be talking about here? For this time period, it's it's the same for sure. Okay. So Um, both, both genders can broadly take the same approach that, we apply here. Yeah, exactly. So for, for women, 18% body fat will actually look quite lean. 18% body fat will be fucking peeled. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, you've as a woman, you pretty much start to get abs at 15% body fat. So if you're not sure about these ranges, don't get hung up on the percentage. I, I, I use this as kind of an anchor point, but um, don't 
try and get caliped or anything. Basically, if you're carrying a bit of extra fat and your abs are not visible, you've got no deltoid tricep separation, mm -hmm. you're probably around 18% body fat and then, you know, linearly fatter as that goes up. So, <laughs> um, so if you're around that, let's say 80 kilo man, eight weeks time, aggressive diet would mean 1% of your body weight lost per week, assuming you hit your average calories without fail for mm -hmm. that time. And we have to hit the ground running. There's no time for fucking around when you've got eight weeks to go. You can't ease yourself into this program. This is like, yeah, you, the time's already well, that's, constrained. That's, that's definitely one of the things that I think people need to realize that if you have left it as late as you've only got eight weeks. And to the, one of the things that we need to state from the beginning is eight weeks sounds like ages, mm. but physiologically, oh. in terms of fat loss, Eight, eight weeks is a couple of seconds. Like it's not a tremendously long amount of time. Exactly. And you have, you have less time than you think. You can't take liberties no. at this point. So if you've yeah. got, if you're planning to go away this winter, beginning your cut now, six months in advance. It's, it's too long even, six months. Unless, well, it depends on how fat you are, I suppose. Yeah, but, okay. So but beginning, you, beginning a fitness regime that works towards that. If, if you've got six months, you've got time to even gain a bit of muscle and then... And then cut and then from cut, there. And then re even reverse back up. But yeah. eight weeks... Yeah, not long enough. And so 1% of your body weight per week for eight weeks at 80 kilos body weight is 800 grams of weight loss per week, mm -hmm. 6.4 kilos of weight loss over eight weeks. So that is going to make a visible difference in how you look. It's going to be an awful lot, yeah. It will. But that, I mean, that 1% of body weight loss per week is the top end of how much weight you should be losing each week. It's going to impact on, as you said, like how you feel, how um, the potential rebound at the end. So yeah. obviously the faster you lose fat, the higher the cost at the end. And uh, so this is something we have to bear in mind. Anyway, the principles are the same, that we want to be lifting weights to retain as much muscle as possible, even if you're a woman. Something that the, the, the most common and the most heartbreaking fitness mistake I see with women, and I'm glad you said all oh, the principles are the same for men and women, is that the woman who's like, oh, I want to drop a couple of dress sizes. I'm going to pound the cardio and eat just a bit of cabbage every day mm -hmm. or some celery and it's like you are only going to look like a smaller version of yourself but just as shapeless and yeah your dress might be a smaller size but not actually going to have any any shape you're not going to look yeah. any better than 100 percent. and the other thing as well is that now especially since instagram and fitness chicks and stuff are a lot more prevalent having a good set of legs as a woman like a sort of a you know a shapely set of legs is kind of cool now mm -hmm. right like it's not it's not obscene for crossfitted crossfit girls to go out wearing dresses and stuff like that. Like it's it's actually almost desirable. Like Definitely, I think probably if you asked girls, and people what, look more muscular on Instagram because the you know you can't tell scale. But yeah. when you see some of these crossfit girls in real life, they're absolute babes, and it's yeah. not you know you see them on a photo and you think, oh, she's a bit big, but actually they've got small frames and yeah, they just fit. Still very very womanly. Um, Definitely, if you put them in a dress, yeah. then so. Yeah, what you're saying is that we need to hit the ground running. We don't have any time to lose. That lifting weights rather than pounding cardio is a good start. So for me, I'll, I'll put forward what my um, proposal would be mm -hmm. for a pre-holiday routine and why. And then I'll let you critique it and I'll let cool. you put yours forward. So I am the sort of person who is inherently very lazy and I need to stack the deck in my favour. You may have noticed due to the fact that we do endless episodes of Life Hacks that 
shortcuts to an effective outcome as something that I value quite highly. For me, I need to try and make all of the right decisions as easy as possible. What that means is I would get up on a morning, I would have a black coffee, I would go for a walk on a morning. Reason for that is firstly, it allows me to clear my head. Secondly, it allows me to get a little bit of low intensity, steady state cardio in. Now the list versus high intensity debate, I'm not really that bothered about. For me personally, I do CrossFit a lot. So my high end uh, power endurance output gets looked after by my training methodology. should probably clarify that you do CrossFit not to burn calories. You do CrossFit because you enjoy CrossFit. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a, a the goal. Strategy is yeah. fat loss. It's, yeah. It just happens to be the methodology that I'm following. But on a morning, if you get up and you go for a walk, you've got some fresh air in you, you've had your coffee, you're set for the day. So that's a few, a few different... Big uh, wins just... Yeah, exactly, that you've put in the bag. And the, the low intensity steady state stuff's nice. Get back, prep your food for the day. Either pay someone to, to a meal prepping company... There's loads, especially in Newcastle, Aurora Kitchen, Spoonhead Nutrition. There's a load of different guys that do awesome food prepping in Newcastle. So check them out or look in your local area. If not, prep your food yourself on a morning. Get yourself out for the day. For me personally, I would train around about midday or a little bit earlier. It means that my training is done for the day and I don't have to worry about it. Going on to diet and going on to my calories, I would tend to have between... 200 and 300 grams on a training day, around about 200 grams on a recovery day, and about 100 grams on a rest day. Of what? Carbs. Okay. Sorry. Did I not say carbs? <laughs> I just say grams. Did I just assume that everyone knew what I was talking about? You might have said carbs. I might have, but yeah. Straight over. Um, yeah, of carbs. Protein and fat would generally stay the same. A little bit more fat on my, re- on my rest days. Some of the strategies that I use for curbing hunger would be natural set yogurt on a nighttime, which is without a doubt the single best approach for stopping yourself from trying to cheat on your diet. Firstly, if you don't want to cheat on your diet, do not have junk in the house. If you, like me, have got a sweet tooth and you do not have chocolate bars in the house, you will not eat them. You can't eat what isn't in your cupboard. And going to the shop, getting yourself up at 10 o'clock at night because you've got a craving for a chocolate and walking all the way to the shop at least you built up some steps that way. Yeah, you've got you've got you've got some more low intensity cardio in, but it's just it's probably not gonna like it's not gonna happen. Hmm. You're gonna protect yourself. Um, so yeah, for me, I would natural set yogurt, scoop of protein powder, some mixed blueberries, and unless you're an absolute animal, that will satiate pretty much anyone's craving for something <clears throat> sweet. The macros on it are unbelievable. Like it, it'll fit. You can probably add it on top of any diet, I think. And it'll in total, it'll be like, what, 120 calories, something like that, mm. for a big tub bowl of protein-y, fruity niceness. And then you're sweet from there. So Berries that, are like wizardry as well, like considering how low calorie density they are for what you get. Yeah, the, there's a lot of volume and, and they taste pretty good. So, yes... My few little tips would be get up on a morning. If you want to do the high intensity stuff, then go and do some hill sprints. Um, something like between 10 to 20 rounds with 30 seconds rest, run up a hill, then walk back down, wait for 30 seconds at the bottom and then go again. If you can do that 10 times 
up a moderately steep hill that it has output for about 30 seconds, something like that. So you're getting like two to one work to rest, something like that. Uh, sorry, two to one rest to work. Um, that's a good way to get some cardio in on a morning. Then if you can train later on in the evening or the afternoon, make sure that you're lifting weights. Don't get stuck or hung up on the toning from going to super high rep ranges still focus on the moneymaker sets which are between sort of six to 14 reps at a weight which is moderately heavy um and still testing it's unlikely that you're going unless you're new to training that you're going to pr during this particular period but yeah that's that would be broadly my approach what are your thoughts so i like that you split it out into a a a day a day Mm -hmm. daily schedule and also the principle of make the good decisions as easy as possible and make the bad decisions as hard as possible is definitely the way to set up your environment for success. Because if you have to consciously make the good decision and it's, you know, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops each time, yeah. then by 5 p.m., you've you, the decision fatigue sets in, which is a real thing. Like, you you tired, you think, well, I'm just going to... Well, yeah, I'll miss training. I'll... Miss training, chocolate bars in the cupboard, any of that, definitely. The yogurt thing... There's, there's some evidence behind this as well, which is interesting. Okay. People have done studies looking at if you feed someone yogurt with a little spoon and then see how how many calories they eat subsequently in the rest of the day, it's lower than if they were to eat other types of food. And they, there was an equivalent amount of calories. Yeah, so they, they compare calorie-matched amounts of tuna, uh, carbs, crackers, milk, Whey, all those kind of things, and, and whey, whey and yogurt were the the highest. <coughs> so in terms of satiety, you're gonna, you're going to feel better from that. On an, uh, on a side point, on the making sure that it's easy for you to to um, stack the deck in your favour, that includes prepping your food. So roll back the clock from the morning that you need to prep your food. If you've got chicken in the freezer and you haven't defrosted it, when you wake up the next morning, you can't cook the chicken that's still frozen. So you default to Cocoa Pops. Exactly. Yeah. So you think, oh, well, fuck it, the diet's gone for today, so I'll just order in some takeaway or I'll do whatever. I go to Greg's, I get a pastry. Like, mm. you know, it, it is all about making the good decisions as easy as possible and the bad decisions as hard as possible. Remembering that you are going to have a lower... You're already using up an awful lot of willpower here. Dr. Roy Baumeister is... Um, study that he did with turnips where he had two groups of people in a room one group had cookies and turnips and another group just had cookies the group that just had cookies were allowed to eat them or not if they wanted the group that had cookies and turnips were told they couldn't eat the cookies and could only eat the turnips so they were then given (laughs) they were then given a cognitively demanding task to do afterwards and the group that wasn't allowed to eat the cookies gave up 50% faster than the wow. other. Wow. So it's, it's a finite resource, willpower. Yes. And yeah, th- so that's that's such an interesting study. Like, do do not trust the future version of yourself to make the right decision. <laughs> Treat yourself like a little child because... You are. That's it. Like, the, um, you know, another thing on decision fatigue, we know that juries and even judges, like fucking professionally trained senior people in the legal sector industry sector um will judge people as guilty more often in the afternoons than in the mornings just because ah screw him he's guilty like you know can't be asked to is that statistically significant figure yeah and and it's also related to blood sugar levels as well was it not something to do with biscuits 
Did you not tell me? Was it whether uh, they'd been given biscuits or been given food or something like that? I've not seen that one. Maybe but... maybe I've run it along from the blood sugar thing a little bit. Uh, okay, much. I mean, there's, yeah, there's also correlations with blood sugar. So, yeah, so basically... So if you're in court, bribe the jury with biscuits and make sure that you get, an get a morning session biscuits, yeah. you're sweet. Laughing. Yeah, to be honest. Kill someone. Stack it, yeah, stack it in your favour. Yeah. So, yeah, the other thing you said about cardio, I love a good morning walk as well. Mm-hmm. I agree, it's not done to try and burn calories. And I, the, getting into this chasing your tail of trying to do cardio so that you can earn the right to eat more calories and eat them back and all this, don't get into that cycle at all. Remember that the reason you are losing fat is 100% from your calorie intake. And just leave it there. So let the fat loss be driven by your diet. So let the muscle so, retention be driven by your training. Okay, so you wouldn't say G-flux theory... Which so to answer that the, the yeah G, sorry can you briefly explain what yeah, G-flux so, so, theory so G flux theory is that the effect on your body in terms of cellular turnover and body composition of eating a calorie deficit of a thousand calories is different if that deficit is created from eating two thousand and burning three thousand compared to eating four thousand and burning five thousand mm-hmm. so there's still the net deficit is the same at the end but actually the body's had to go through a lot more processing to yeah. to achieve the same deficit and that it would have a more favorable comp- effect on your body composition to do the set the latter rather than the former mm-hmm. that is true but again telling someone to do that when they want the minimum effective dose the risk is that they end up chasing their tail and people always underestimate the number of calorie uh, sorry they underestimate the number of calories that they eat back yeah from ca- from cardio and they overestimate the number of calories that they think that they've burned from cardio. Okay. I knew a guy who gained 20 kilos in two months, I think, and he just got really fat. And it was because on my fitness pal, he played basketball and he was like, oh, well, I, I ended 90 minutes of basketball on here and it says that it burns 5,000 calories. So I've been eating 6,600. I'm like... Look at the scales. Look at the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Obviously not burning that many <laughs> calories. And it's, it, I don't know whoever entered that bit into the because my fitness pal is just user generated. It's database. like Wikipedia for oh yeah. So anyone exercise, can, isn't it? So maybe some like Michael Jordan came along and was like, oh well, you know, five thousand calories. <laughs> yeah. Like, so okay, like NBA 90, level basketball. Yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, basically, don't get into that game. As as Chris said, walking, increasing your general neat, so your non-exercise activity like you know, taking the stairs, getting getting off the bus at an extra stop earlier, mm-hmm. um, just general moving around, not sitting like a fat turnip during the day, fine. But don't try and count the calories that you're burning when you're hoovering the house and, you yeah. know, just see that. And, and the other reason why we say lift weights, even if you're not trying to gain muscle, is that lifting weights and the effect that it has on your body is so much more biologically expensive than going for a walk or a run. Because when you lift weights, you're tearing muscle, you're breaking down the tissue, your body then has to marshal a lot of resources to build that back up again, which Mm -hmm. is very expensive in terms of calories, which is what you want. You also said don't fall into the trap of toning and doing High high reps, 15 plus or whatever. Remember, when you're in a calorie deficit you're never going to be gaining muscle anyway. So if you're a woman and you're afraid of gaining too much muscle, common fear, just like I go to the library and I'm sometimes scared that I might get too clever so I have to leave early. Or, or I, um, I, went, I went for a jog once and I was like, no, no, because I might win the 100-meter gold medal. So I, I better stop. 
Um, I think that's so such I, a it's I, such a good point. Like I leave work early as well because I don't want to make too much money. Yeah, um, like girls girls do have this fear of oh well I'm not going to lift too heavy because what if I start to get arms that I don't want or cap shoulders that I don't want? Like there are professional bodybuilders, female bodybuilders who spend hours and hours and hours every single week in the gym desperately trying to gain on the, drugs as yeah, well and and they look like they lift and your fear is that by moving from the 8 kilo to the 10 kilo dumbbells oh it's yeah. it's insulting to them actually yeah yeah to the, the people the, who the, are busting their it asses. is not that it is not that easy to gain muscle trust me i've been trying to do it for 10 years <laughs> like it's really quite hard so okay so we we're, we're talking about when we get to training someone's going to go in they're going to be training how many days a week? Seven? So, so in a in a deficit, three times a week is that is all you need because okay. all you're trying to do is hold on to the muscle that you already have. Okay. When you're trying to gain muscle, yeah, you want to be training four or five days a week if you mm-hmm. can, schedule permitting. Is there a potential here? So, uh, your um, criticism about G flux theory aside, is there a potential here that if someone was to train? If they enjoy their training schedule mm-hmm. and they're able to train between sort of three to six times a week, if they're able to, to up that frequency, mm-hmm. that that may afford them a little bit more on the calorie side. Sure. If, if they have the time and the freedom to do that, then why not? Like, okay. As long as you... But again, if we're saying, I think personally, a lot of the people that will be listening that have got the holiday that's coming up, I think, especially for eight weeks, you can probably bin yourself. Like you can put, you can go balls to the wall and go right. Okay, well, I I can train for five five days a week, and I for can, this time period, it would be helpful because yeah, as you said, you you haven't got much time, so you may as well just do as much as you can. It. So okay, so what's the I split? Mean, what's the approach that just meta speaking here, like big picture, the approach that I would prefer is to start six months earlier, <laughs> have a much easier time, yeah, and also bear in mind that the difference you're going to make in the next eight weeks compared to if you. Like, yeah, you might look a bit better for this summer holiday, but next year's summer holiday, if you carry on the momentum, yeah. you're going to look worlds better. Yeah, so no, For sure. But yeah. again, we are creatures that like to leave, leave things until the last minute. So <laughs> let's take into account the fact that as soon as people go away on holiday, they're going to be eating and drinking disproportionately higher than they were. Yep. While they were due, while they were doing this diet to get themselves to look good. And away. you said yourself that you you went on a 1,500-calorie diet and then you rebounded and looked looked fl- uh, watery for the rest of the... Oh, yeah. You have, you have one day where you look awesome. You have a second day where you look even better. And then as soon as you have the hangover food, you just fill out. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's listening, who's done a crash diet for a holiday, knows that this is the case. And you get there on holiday and you're like, well, I don't understand. Like, I was so lean all the way up until this point and I've got out here and now I'm not lean anymore. Now, mm-hmm. well, you're no longer training. You're eating, 80% of your diet is coming from alcohol, 80% of your calories coming from alcohol and carbohydrates. And you haven't had either of those for eight weeks. So again, for me, like expenditures suddenly dropped, intake suddenly gone up. Yeah. And and you're wondering why, why you don't look as good as you did in the mirror two days ago. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think that trying to increase output and not drill calories super, super low if you can get your calories closer during the prep phase to where they're going to be when you're away, you're going to be less sensitive. Mm-hmm. Can you explain about why um, why having low calories in the buildup will make you more sensitive to them once you get out there? 
So, I, I mean, I made this mistake myself on the meditation retreat, for example, as well, where I've lost loads of weight um, from being in hospital, actually. I wasn't on dieting, <laughs> per se, but... And then suddenly went for it. And obviously when you're in hospital and you're ill, your expenditure's quite high because you there's there's so much Immunity stuff going on. Immunity takes an awful yeah. lot of energy, right? And and so then I went from that to having recovered and sit for tw- for 10 days in silence with unlimited vegetarian food. So low protein food, no activity, no training. And I did regain a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's simply that there is an abundance of food and alcohol, as you said, alcohol will stimulate your appetite further. You can create a reactive hypoglycemia, which will make you hungry and get the the munchies afterwards. Plus um, the general lack of restraint that you, or the the inhibition, the the, the disinhibition that you get from drinking. So all of that will contribute just to overeating. Plus, Mm -hmm. as you said, it's hot weather, you're in the sun. Yeah. Physiologically as well, I'm going to guess that your metabolism will have dropped during the prep phase yeah. because intake of food is going down and intake's gone down and you've lost weight. So you're actually, your maintenance calories have dropped. Even if there was no metabolic damage per se, you've still, you, and then that means that when you get out there, that the, the danger is overshooting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's very difficult. I think another thing as well to consider is one of the most fun things about going on holiday is the planning and the anticipation for it mm-hmm. as you build up to it. Now, that anticipation, you can use the anticipatory energy to motivate you to go and train. And that's good. That's a good use of that energy. But one thing that you don't want to do is absolutely hate your life mm-hmm. for eight to ten weeks in the build-up to this holiday. I think people need to appreciate that if you are if you're below 13%, Body fat, 13 to 12% body fat. So you're approaching outline of your abs. Yeah, outline yep. of your abs with some visible vascularity, maybe in bicep and forearm. <laughs> like to 90% of the people on the beach, you're going to look awesome. Like you look like you lift and you're probably shredded to even like a, a slightly lower proportion of those people. So yeah, Johnny mentioned this and, and I've definitely experienced, I'm sure you have as well, where like we, if you've been training for some time and you're, you're like trying to diet from yeah 13 to 11 or from 9% to 7% and you're like oh I've got to make these fine tunes oh actually I've lost a bit of size on my delta actually like these differences matter only to you yeah no one as else far cares. as anyone else concerns on the beach you're either a, a you're either a bobby builder or you're not a deadly dobbler yeah. and so <laughs> like as far yeah like and people are easily Someone who doesn't train, like the untrained eye, will look at a guy who's 65 kilos and has abs and yeah. be like, oh, he's huge. Yeah. Because... The illusion is there, that's right? That's it. Yeah. So getting hung up on the small details compared to if you're just generally in shape, even if it's a few percentage points out of your own reference point, yeah, it's such a big source of insecurity. Yeah. And I think as well, like you, especially if you've been lifting for a little while, I've got a lot of friends who I know that... You know, they train consistently, but maybe they're not super strict with their diet. Oh, no, we can shit at the minute. Don't look at you like, well, mate, it, like, it really, really, you shouldn't be obsessing over it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're walking around at 10%, allow yourself. Do you know what it is? Here's something to think about. We're talking about this rebound effect as soon as you get out there and you start having beer and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I bet that a significant proportion of people who are sat at about 10% body fat let's say, which is probably fairly maintainable for people who train consistently, 
if they went into a holiday on maintenance calories or just a little bit above with a slightly increased training output, that after day three or four, they would look better than the same person that they were had they drilled themselves into the ground with a deficit and then got this rebound effect. So when you said that day two and three of the holiday, you looked your best and then got worse, it's simply that, yeah, you've carved up almost. Yeah. And then, but then you keep carving up more and more until it just... <laughs> yeah. And your yeah. body's just wholly unprepared to deal with it. So the solution that I would propose to to this is this the simplest way as well, meaning that you finished your diet, your aggressive approach that you've had to take because you're an idiot and you've left it until the last minute. <laughs> um, Rather than trying to track your calories while you're away and stressing out over it, pick the, the shittest, most pointless meal of the day. Usually breakfast, especially if you're in Ibiza and you're in a hotel and you're getting boiled eggs and mm-hmm. like what, croissant or something. You've never been to Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not boiled eggs and croissants for oh, okay. breakfast. No. What, so what, what would it be for breakfast? Pills, probably. Oh, okay. For... <laughs> well, I mean, that's excellent. Well, they're thermogenic, aren't they? Yeah, so fine. I'm talking about caffeine. Pills. So stay on the... Well, <laughs> I'm not going to endorse having pills for breakfast, but yeah, like... Pick the meal which is the most pointless, doesn't provide a social purpose, doesn't really help with your hunger. Most people find that they just eat breakfast because they feel like they have to, or they're Maybe told hungover. they should. What about the hangover? Okay, if, if breakfast serves you hangover, great. But okay. I'm, what lunch. I'm saying is, like, yeah, pick the meal that doesn't doesn't really contribute to your day mm-hmm. in that sense. Like, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, well, people always tell me breakfast is the most important meal of the day, so I'd eat it anyway, even though I'm never hungry in the morning. It's like, <laughs> well, don't eat it. Like, save it for the evening. Yeah. So do that, and then instantly you freed up an extra four or five hundred calories or yeah, more yeah. that you can dedicate to drinking, to evening meal, whatever you want. Yeah. Or restrict your eating window. That's another way of doing it. So yeah. start pick think, eight hours in the day. Being, when you being, being frank, I think some of this is going to be difficult to do when you're when you're away. If you've got a five day holiday, this is going to be easier than tracking your calories and trying to. Oh yeah, uh, I think. I just think that when you're hungover, like. Your, will, your willpower is and the ebb is so low. Like it's, so, in that case, if it, if it's not an option to change how you're eating while you're on holiday, yeah. then you need to prep over a longer period. Yeah, it's one or the other, really. And I think um, the the weight re, rate weight rebound <laughs> is related to slightly to the speed of weight loss, but more so to the amount of weight lost. Mm. And the way that you can counteract that is every time you've lost a bit of weight, hold out there for a while establish a new set point yeah. and then do a stepwise diet. And people that do that hold on to their weight loss more than people who just drop and then okay. right, diet's over and that's just rebound. So we're talking about not trying to go super, super low on the calories before we go away on holiday because what that's going to end up doing is creating this uh, environment for a rebound effect which ruins the hard-won leanness that you've just sacrificed eight weeks or 10 weeks for or whatever it might be. You're saying focus on muscular movements, focus on resistance training rather than relying on cardio. If someone does want to add cardio in, how do they do it? So but as long as we make those three days that you're lifting weights sacred, mm-hmm. so and then up it to four if you want to. This is assuming that you've got more space in your schedule to do five or six training sessions a week. Then fine, you've got the resistance training covered. Once you're training three or four times a week, there's very limited benefit, especially in a deficit, to adding in an extra few days of lifting weights because you haven't got the fuel available to to build the muscle. And so you may as well use your 
fifth and your sixth training day in a week to do some cardio. Okay. In which case, I would suggest do the cardio that you enjoy the most. So, because then you're more likely to stick to it. So if you hate rowing, but you're told that rowing is the best way to burn calories, then you're going to stick to it for a couple of weeks and fall off the wagon. Yeah. If you like hill sprints, I mean, if you're a nutter and you like hill sprints, <laughs> then fine, do them. If, you know, CrossFit is, and I, I've come full circle, oh, not full circle, I've come 180 on this. Yeah. Um, because I realize having seen the results it's had on you, because, so it, CrossFit really, in a lot of ways, it's it's given you the community environment, mm-hmm. the the motivation to push yourself more than you would. There's a lot of volume that you're accumulating mm-hmm. just from the amount of lifting in there, yeah. And it's very it, it's very high cardio demand as well, so mm-hmm. it, it ticks all of those boxes. So f- so really, as far as that goes, just do CrossFit for eight weeks. Well, you could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not used to training, bad idea. Going balls. I mean, well, I think one of the problems, done, but... one of the problems that you'd have with going and doing CrossFit for something like this is that technically it's very demanding. The barriers to entry for a lot of the movements are actually quite high. So this is it. You're not going to be able to hit the ground running no, in terms of you, intensity because you're after eight weeks you're not snatch. even going to have learned all of the movements. Yeah, so I think maybe something like a boot camp might give you a little bit of external accountability. Yeah, might if you've got you... a trainer there that's able to adjust your technique and, and well, so for on. me. Doing cardio on your own is it's pretty miserable, especially if you want to push yourself quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you can find almost everywhere you can find a good boot camp class for <clears throat> a tenner a session, and if you're paying ten pounds once a week or twice a week, you know for if that's what it takes to get you to get that cardio in, then cool. Yeah, and the you know boot camp runners the the bootcamp organizers want you to come back so they're going to make it as fun as they can make it yeah they'll have partner exercises and all yeah. that stuff so yeah, yeah you get fine. you get um you get kidded into thinking that it's fun but it's actually <laughs> by the end of the session you actually look at what you've done to yourself and you think oh, fuck this really hurt and that's a big advantage and it's the same advantage for crossfit that there is no way that i would have like when i, I came to crossfit once <laughs> or a couple of times and it, it was grim but there's no way that i would put myself through that on my own yeah but it's because if if you when you're with a group, and if you just start and be like, oh, I'm leaving, then you're so a dickhead. So would you, would you say that potentially during the prep to go away on holiday, getting another one of the guys who's also going away to be a training partner would be a good oh, idea? absolutely, yeah. Okay. As, so long you, as, you, as long as you don't mind that you both look better. If you just want to look better than your mate. Uh, this is the Highlander thing, like there can only be one. Yeah, it's a, if, it's a, if you think it's a zero-sum game of like... You've got the group of people that you're going with, and there's only a certain amount of so sabotage them with like cake. <laughs> Leave cake on their desk as much as possible. <laughs> Fine. So buy a load of cake. So basically, fifty quid. Either spend it on boot camp for your mate, or spend it on cake for your mates. Yeah. Depending on how Machiavellian you are, and then <laughs> relatively, I haven't lost any weight, but everyone else in my friend friend circle <laughs> has gained fucking loads. Still achieves the same object. Bloody hell! Right. So actually, sack everything we've said so far. <laughs> Get all of your mates to gain 6.4 kilos over the eight weeks. <laughs> Which is probably a lot easier. Get, gain 1% of their body weight per, per yeah, week. Yeah, fine. fine. 800, yeah. Easy. <laughs> well, we've, 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 come to a, we've come to a solution there. Okay, so find yourself a training partner. Probably one, preferably one who you're going away with because yep. it means that you're both working towards the same schedule. You're looking at resistance training three to four times a week. Yep. If you want to add some more training in, then another one to two sessions of... Of enjoyable cardio. Of cardio in whatever it is. We're talking between 30 minutes to an hour. 
Yeah, if you can spare it. Yeah. I think um, I, I do think that a lot of people... I think your schedule is unrepresentatively busy. <laughs> Unreasonably tight. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the, that's one of the reasons that... So I don't do cardio because, one, I'm lazy. Two, mm-hmm. my schedule is so tight and I have to go for the highest yield, the lowest hanging fruit first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the the other thing outside of cardio is the the non-exercise activity that we talked about. So mm, I'm terrible with this. Yeah, me, me too. You know, if you work at a desk a lot, then try and push the daily activities. Just fit it in. So it's not formal cardio. It's walking to the shop, walking to work. Have a walking lunch, stairs. maybe something like that. Exactly. Anything that involves movement, but isn't formalized, like you don't have to put on your shorts and mm. go and do something for. All of this will help to not let your metabolism drop too far through the floor as well, yep. which will also mitigate this rebound effect once we get out there. So, okay, so we've got the three to four sessions in terms of muscular training. Um, a, for that, push-pull legs, something similar? Yeah, so the the, the simplest way, and I, I like this was from Spencer Nadolsky, who he's a family physician and talks to, this is the kind of standard exercise advice he gives to patients, which I think is great because you can't get it wrong, is go to the gym three times a week, do some kind of pushing, some kind of pulling and some kind of legs in each session for. Oh, okay. So do that in every session. Well, that, I mean that, yeah. Or or as you said, you can do a push session, a push session and a leg session. Yeah. Did I say push, 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 (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Push, pull legs on each of the days. Okay. I think for some people that may be a, a more easy to, to work out split. So have the listeners, have you got any resources on propanefitness.com that the guys can have a little bit of a look at? Yeah, we have. So if you go to propanefitness.com and search for the propane protocol infographic, there is a full training program laid out for you. It's four days a week. It covers all of the bases. It's structured in a way that you will avoid injury and maintain structural balance. And it's all laid out in there. And there's a diet framework in there as well. Yeah, so it's just a big, it's a big long image right it's a sort yeah. of a big not animated it's like a big um illustration full yeah full yeah. infographic you scroll, you scroll for a little while but everything's in there exactly everything that the the only thing i would change about that is because we're talking about a short time frame you're going to be need to be more aggressive with the calories uh-huh. and if you want to really take things up a notch and guarantee that you will lose um so we we have a we have a program called the 28 day shred yeah which Typically, people lose 5% of their body weight within 24, 28 days. Wow. So that is done, and it's relatively easy as far as losing 5%. It's the easiest way that we know of to yep. lose that much yeah, of yeah, your body yeah. weight. So, um, yeah, you so can get this, is, this is push the red panic button yeah. stations, right? This is four weeks till I go away. I need to do it. And how much is that? That's £67. Okay. And so. you'll get lifetime access to that. You get support, weekly weekly calls, um, two one-on-one calls with your, with your coach, and it's basically everything that you need just that's cool. you know, done for you, so basically. If people want to step it up a notch, then they've got that as a, as a resource. If they want the free resource, then they've got propanefitness.com and search for the propane protocol. And if they are too uh, headstrong or lazy or anything else to uh, not want to do either of those things, then we've got it laid out for them here. Train, resistance training three to four times a week, a couple of sessions of cardio, Make sure that you get someone who you can train with, get some external accountability. In terms of diet, typically for the typical sized man, so 5'11", 80 kilos, you need to be looking at what, about 2,000 to sort of 1,800 calories, something like that? Yeah, I mean, start at at 2,000. Take your 
daily body weight every morning, post poo, pre breakfast, <laughs> naked, at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'll put a link. Morning. I'll put a link to the set of uh, Sandler scales that I've got, which were six pounds. Great. And they're perfectly accurate. And use my fitness pal to track your weight. So my fitness pal is also free. Create an account, download the app on your phone, put your weight in every single day, and it'll track it over time. It'll make sure that you know. That's why it's important to get it every day. And yeah, if you're using the the Sandler digital scales, then that's going to give you a more accurate reading. Yeah. Take that daily body weight every morning over the week. Calculate the average. So if my fitness pal might do this. It does. It does a week on week. Fine. Our, Our propane spreadsheets will do this as well. Um, or if you use a Withings or Withings yeah. uh, Wi-Fi scale, yeah. that will that's super that will, like link with Johnny. Johnny Wi-Fi. would Johnny would be choosing the... in his pants if he was here. Right oh god, it goes to the grid and then like some guy comes out with an envelope and, yeah. and they cut you watermelon for you and it's amazing. Mm. But no, I think um, yeah, once you've got that, then you can start to see whether the two thousand calories is producing the expected. If someone doesn't know, rate. if someone doesn't know what two thousand calories is, how can they roughly eat two thousand calories a day? Uh, so we're talking man, 80 kilos, 2,000 calories, female, maybe 1,600, typically between 50 and 60 kilos, something like that. Yeah, uh, maybe go slightly lower if you've got a short time frame, maybe 15 or 1,400. Okay. Um, but it has. To, the, the thing is, the starting point is just a starting point to see how your weight's responding, and then yeah. you need to Because you, may, you might, on. in that first week, you might drop two kilos. Oh, yeah, in which case your calories are too low. Yeah. Or if you don't, if your weight doesn't change, then your calories are too high, so... Yeah. The adjustments have to be made week on week and that's where the magic happens really. So, um, and again, try and keep your average weight change between 0.5 and 1% of your body weight. If it goes too far above that, you start to step into um, cutting into your recovery too much Mm. and drop in testosterone, increase in cortisol, depression symptoms, all of that. I think another one of the, the things that we need to mention, we haven't mentioned so far is that like, there are other costs, there are other things going on in your life outside of how good you're going to look for your holiday. And I alluded to this earlier on, like you don't want to absolutely bin your life just to look a little bit leaner while you go away, especially seen as presumably the summer holiday is something that you're supposed to be looking forward to. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to go out the whole there. period miserable. Though. Yeah. You've got, you, you, you know. Which is why I'm saying start as early as possible, yeah. you know, or like at least, yeah, fine. Follow the advice in this podcast get shredded for the next eight weeks or as much as you can, but keep up the momentum yeah. and yeah. focus on next and year's definitely, holiday. Definitely as well, like a lot of people will lean out for eight weeks, go away, maybe have a little bit of this rebound that we've discussed here. But within seven days of coming back, you could get back to the set point that you were at beforehand quite easily. Oh, exactly. Don't think holiday's over, back yeah, to the... Yeah, oh, I've ruined it, I've ruined it, I'm never going to be lean again. You're like, mm-hmm. well, no, that's the exact opposite. So a, a structured and consistent training program is sort of number one. That's the zenith. So what you and I have done is a proper proper diet, get lean once and for all. I got Last time I dieted was 2013. <laughs> I spent five or six months getting bone shredded, like pancreas lean. Dick skin lean. Dick skin lean. And then gradually reversed reverse dieting which is systematically increasing the calories up to a point where body weight isn't isn't influenced by it yeah and then if it starts to spill over then you pull calories back painstaking process but what it's meant is that i've now topped out my calories Mm -hmm. it supports your training you're eating as much food as you as you want really you're you're very happy with the amount of food that you're eating maintaining your post-diet condition 
And I'm still reaping the benefits of that five years later. Yeah, you're still so, abs. You're still abs lean. Still abs lean thanks to that diet. So yeah. the short you only need to get lean once. Exactly, get lean once properly. Do yeah. it gradually, and then systematically reverse back. Okay, and then so, you set yourself for five years or so, so, for yeah. life. Really. So, so someone's someone's gone away. They've managed to hold on to the training protocol. They've kept controlled with their diet up until then. Mm-hmm. If you've only got eight weeks, are you allowing someone to have a refeed day or are they just on this, are they just in the deficit every yeah, day? Yeah, you can do a refeed day. Okay, um, so you could have one day where you would maybe bump up your calories to two and a half thousand to three thousand yeah. calories. And I think that, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, refeed can mean, can be quite a flexible meaning in some Yeah, people's you can mind. undo all of the deficit for an entire week in one day of eating 10,000 calories. Oh, yeah, easily. So, <laughs> so, so and, it's, and when, when you're dieted, eating 10,000 calories is not beyond the no, not realm of possibility. So when we're talking about doing a refeed day, one day a week, um, or I, I would be more tempted to say one day every fortnight, especially given that you've got this shorter time frame. Mm-hmm. What, Your calories are just 30% higher, for example. It's not... It's not like an absolute... No, it's, I think it's important. It, it, I know that it's important for me to work towards a day where I have a little bit more leniency. I can feel a little bit more satiated. Also, choose to do your refeed day on a day where you're training a muscle part that you really want to go for it on. Mm-hmm. If you are used to eating, uh, training in a deficit where your training quality maybe isn't quite where you're used to it or where you'd want it to be, if you have this day where you've eaten a little bit more, your training output's going to be so much better. You're going to go in, pump's going to be more Im- Im- improved. Your level of strength's going to be more improved. Energy levels, feeling of society, like... Yeah, absolutely. Everything's going to be fueled by that refeed day. a feeling of society, that. Feeling society, feeling of satiety. Um, so, final thing. Someone's gone away on holiday and they've come back. Mm-hmm. How do they then slowly recomp themselves back up how do they do this re-diet that you've said so that they can maximize the return on all of the sacrifices they made in a couple of months leading up to this so someone's come back from holiday yeah they've gone away they've maybe done the thing they've have they gained any weight yeah. while they're away yeah i think it's i think it's very very um <clears throat> prudent to assume okay. that that's going to happen so rather than get into the self-flagellation self-punishment cycle straight away come home restore your momentum with training yeah, just I think get that's, back on the training again. That's just, number one. Yeah, just eat normally for a while. Don't don't try and go into a big crazy cycle. Do that for a couple of weeks. Set yourself a baseline. Mm-hmm. Then decide has the weight has the excess weight come off? It may have come off naturally, just having returned from you know even flying, traveling somewhere will increase your weight, and I, it might be Why because is that? It, probably because it disrupts your your blood salts and and water retention and that kind of thing. Is that a significant? So, yeah, it's. Really? A, at least with our clients, like it, I mean, it, it's it's not a huge proportion. Well, it, it, it's also that I mean, it'll affect your scale weight, but it won't. It, it doesn't mean that you've got fatter. It just yeah, it's yeah, just okay. that it's, it disrupts the data that you're seeing on the okay. That's interesting on the sheet. Yeah, so um, wait till you've established a new baseline, and then you can say, look, actually, I'm lean enough. I could go. I could do with gaining some muscle. So I'm going to spend the next year gaining muscle, and then mm. by the time I'm up for my next holiday, I can do five or six weeks before before the holiday yeah. and just cut a bit of fat. I think I think definitely for me, um, getting back into training as fast as possible is a really big deal. A few things to remember is that if you've just been away on a party holiday and you've filled yourself with all kinds of substances, that first training session, it's it's <laughs> going to be pretty uncomfortable. Mm. Your sweat's going to be viscous and multicoloured <laughs> and you're going to be really 
it's going to be an unenjoyable experience. So However, I heard about a. I don't know whether this is true, but someone said that LSD is stored in your fat, fat cells. cells. And yeah, so there were all of these people who lost weight who'd <laughs> been in part of the summer of love in the sixties mm. and then lost weight. Uh, during a midlife diet, sort of maybe in the 90s, and we're driving along the road, and the adipose cells would have um, Just released a bunch dumped, of dumped a, a load of uh, psychedelics back into the bloodstream, and there were people tripping while they were driving. Oh, man. Um, I mean... I'm not sure that the same is true. true. For, I'm not sure that the same is true for um, speed masquerading as cocaine in Zanti, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's definitely, you're going to come back, you're going to feel like shit, your training's not going to be tremendously good, but you will feel better if you can get yourself back into that routine. So another benefit to getting a baseline, I suppose, if you had a bunch of substances, just a couple of weeks where you're just... Yeah, don't don't obsess over Sleeping it normally much. and yeah, get yourself, no drugs. Get your, sleep, get your sleep back, stop taking drugs, stop drinking all the time, and get back into some training and enjoy it. Make yourself feel a little bit more healthy. Remember that, and try and fall back in love with training, because it... The thing, the thing that's so impressive to everybody about someone who is lean that understands what it takes to get lean is that they appreciate the sacrifice that person's made to get there because it, it is a miserable process mm. to, to not eat as much food as your body wants and to then try and get your body to exert physical uh, <laughs> exercises. On top of that, like it's, it just sucks. Mm. So allow yourself to fall back in love with your training. If you've always liked walking, rowing, running, hill sprints, jogging, CrossFit, martial arts, whatever it is, do the training that is going to allow you to remain physically active as easily as possible. And then make sure that you keep on top of your resistance training. Make sure that you're not letting your weights drop too much. Keep tracking your weight when you get home. And then, yeah, take it from there. You yeah. think we've covered, it, covered most of the bits there? Solid advice. I think that's that's the... That's the complete picture. So to be honest, everything that discussed in this podcast, if you just do this now until the, your holiday in eight weeks' time, I you're going to make think, the most progress that you can in that time. Recently. I think you'd be laughing. So let's break it down again, going from the top. Find your training partner, someone who you're going away with. Yeah. Or if you can't find one, accountability partner. Some There's an app, I think, where you can <laughs> you put £500 into, or £1,000 or whatever, into a... <laughs> Uh, what, what's it like called? an escrow account escrow yeah and then it gets released if you don't do the thing you said you were yeah. going to do that's yeah that's one way to motivate yourself <laughs> um, but try and find a training we, partner we have a client that gave a thousand pounds to his mum oh and was God. like mum if I drink before Friday then oh my god you got a thousand pounds imagine if your mum just went and spent a thousand pounds oh yeah or if your mum just kept leaving shots all around <laughs> <laughs> all around your room desperately wanting you to a thousand pounds um Training three to four times a week resistance, a couple of times of um, of cardio. Maybe on a morning, try and get a 10 to 15, 20 minute walking, fasted, black coffee before you go. I also like what you said about just get training done in the morning and then yeah. it's like that's the win for the day. Yeah, you know that you've ticked it off the list and you don't need to worry about You're it. You're also more likely to stick to your diet because then you, you've not had a, a, a stumbly shit day where like, you know, oh, I haven't been to the gym and diet's gone out the window or whatever, but whereas if you started it as you mean to go on, yeah, then... Get some get some easy wins under your belt and if the session's one of them, then so be it. Um, Push-pull legs, we think, for a, for a session. Yep. Uh, a, a split. Um, you can get a good breakdown of that, propinfitness.com, have a look at the propin protocol. Diet, you're going to be looking at around about 2,000 calories a day for men and about 1,600 1, to 1,600 for women. 
to um, start with, yeah. To and begin then, with. Then and adjust then adjust based on how your weight's moving. Yep, tracking your weight on a morning after you have been for wee and poo, but before you've had food, naked. Yep. <laughs> Set of scales will be linked in the show notes, which you can get. They're like five or six pounds, and they'll do you for the rest of time as well. Um, my fitness pal, use that to track your weight and see how your weight's getting on throughout the day. Um, don't get caught up with too much meal timing, BCAAs before and after training. Sack all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You, your only goal during the next eight weeks is hit your average weekly calorie intake yeah. and your minimum training volume. Like don't, don't get hung up on, don't buy any supplements. Don't, yeah. Any of that is distraction and yeah. masturbation. <laughs> so grass fed, pre-digested MCT oil in your coffee before you train and Thermopure and, you know, all of the... the Only if it's the one that costs $100 for the, the little tub and it's grass-fed, then... Right, okay, then in yeah. that case it's going to make a, a big difference. Um, and then when you get out there, maybe don't go completely crazy on the baguettes if you've got the option of having vodka Diet Coke on a night or if you're drinking during the day. Oh, so that was another thing I was going to mention, actually. Yeah, I forgot about this, which was when you are going out drinking, consider what is your intention. Is your intention, I really like the taste of beer, so I'm going to drink lots of beers, or is it, I want to get as drunk as I can without gaining fat? If that's the case, then treat alcohol like any other drug. Like, you want to have the highest concentration (laughs) and to get as drunk as possible for the least amount of money and least amount of calories. This so, is such a use of, like, approach. I've so, heard you, I've heard you made this, make this uh, argument so, like 20 times. So 10 beers is going to, let's say a beer is two to 300 calories, then you've instantly... That's your like, whole, your day is calorie, calorie completely intake. Completely fucked it. So whereas if, if you say, right, I'm not going to eat three, four hours before I start drinking to sensitize myself to being drunk as much as possible, and then I'm going to have spirits or some you know some high density form of alcohol this is the most muslim approach <laughs> to trying to get drunk <laughs> front loaded so drink as much early as possible in the night so that you then by the time you end up going home it's starting to wear off you sleep better you haven't um, blown your calories too much you've got the most of the alcohol for the least amount of effort calories and time <laughs> i think if anyone implements this on the holiday, <laughs> anyone goes right, lads. Um, it's probably you know what people are doing anyway. You know, just, the, you know getting that as evening, smashed as possible. You know that sure. evening meal, right? Uh, well, I'm I'm just gonna have neat vodka. Uh, another neat vodka over here, please, darling. And then, you wouldn't just have one. You'd be like, I'll have ten. Just lay them right on the table, now, please, immediately, and I'll just bash them all. So in, you know, yeah. like maximum recoverable volume. Yeah. Is this like maximum consumable alcohol? Yeah, exactly. Without yeah. throwing up. Hitting up. all of your maximum... Oh, you don't want to throw up because then you've wasted the money. Wasted so. the money, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although you may have got rid of some more calories. Thing is, I, I know people that naturally drink like that, but it that's more just like a... It's kind of a novelty thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, look at the egg bombs out and it's just like... Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, so we've got that. When you come back, start back into training, try and find something that you like and begin tracking your weight again and plan for summer 2019 now as opposed to eight weeks don't be naughty don't be naughty right okay bye then